Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle in Madison, Connecticut welcomes you to this edition of Shi'ar Jeshub. Let's join Pastor Greg Scalzo as he continues the Heavenly Authority series. In our study of Heavenly Authority, we come to 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 23. We come to the close of David's life, and there are several sections in the Old Testament that give us uh, the last words of David. This is one of them. Um, they give us some of his last words. In chapter 23 and verse 1 of 2 Samuel, it says, Now these are the last words of David. Thus says David, the son of Jesse, Thus says the man raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob and the sweet psalmist of Israel. Thus says David, the son of Jesse, the man raised up on high, the anointed of the God of Jacob, the sweet psalmist of Israel. And you notice uh, the introduction of who he is, the sweet psalmist of Israel of Israel, the songs, the beautiful psalms that we have in the Bible. And they're not just songs of David, songs of David about his situations and songs about his faith in God. Like the entire Bible, they're inspired. They're God-breathed. They're anointed. He's the anointed of the God of Jacob. He's raised up on high. So when he sings these psalms, when he sings these songs, we have more than just the words of a man who's very talented, more than just the words of a man who has faith in God. We have inspiration from God. We have words from the Holy Spirit. We have God's communication as he raises David up at those special moments, as he anoints David at those special moments. We have these wonderful songs that the Holy Spirit uses to teach us, to teach us about faith and to give prophecies about our individual dependence upon God and most importantly, the coming of Messiah. And this communication is seen in the next verse, verse 2, the Spirit of the Lord spoke by me and his word was on my tongue. Spirit of the Lord spoke by me. So we have an important principle here to the authority series that these leaders who are frail, we've seen David's sin, still at very special moments can be used by God not just to deliver Israel, but to communicate the Spirit of the Lord spoke by me. These Psalms are the very words of God. And we have this from Genesis to Revelation, the songs, the history accounts, the letters, the epistles, the prophecies, the proverbs, all by men anointed, lifted on high, and the Spirit of God speaks through them. And it's not a matter of their lives having to be perfect. It's a matter that at the point that they're inspired, the Spirit of God will speak through them. And those words are perfect. 
and his word was on my tongue. And now the next section is extremely important to the Heavenly Authority series. The God of Israel said, the rock of Israel spoke to me. And this is what he said. He who rules over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. The word of God is on David's tongue. The rock of Israel says to him, the rock of Israel spoke to him. He who rules over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And David has learned this lesson, a lesson that's important for all those who are in any type of leadership position, and how much more so in leadership positions in the church. David has learned this lesson the hard way. He has seen devastation in his family. He has seen a split develop in his nation. That he who rules over men must be just. David was not just in the account of Uriah. He was just pretty much in everything else. But in the account of Uriah, he was not just. And it's important, it's so necessary that the rulers over men, those with authority from God, be just. And they rule not in the fear of men. Remember Saul, how he feared the people, how he was so concerned with how he would look to the people. They have to do what God has called them to do in the fear of God. Concerned for him who can throw body and soul into Gehenna, not to be afraid of men. If this principle were to be followed in church leadership, obviously in secular leadership also, but in church leadership, would we have so many of the tangents that developed in Christianity? Would we have so many of those things that have come in that distract people that a person could go to a church that calls itself Christian week after week and never hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, never hear they need to be born again. If individuals would read the words of the Bible, know they're the word of the Lord, know how serious it is, and that God requires justice, the most important thing is not the building, it's not bringing in the big money. The most important thing is justice. The most important thing is not feeding your own needs, be they physical or egotistical. It's doing justice. It's seeing justice and fear the Lord God to rule in the fear of the Lord. Could all the things have come in that have distracted from the gospel of Jesus Christ that have caused splits and divisions in the church that have made it so that many, many servants supposedly of God question the validity of the scriptures, doubt the virgin birth, Speak about Jesus as though he's just someone with good morals, but don't believe in the resurrection. How many Christian churches have fine buildings and large choirs? And they're filled to capacity as people come in and they don't believe the one up there speaking does not believe that Jesus is truly the only begotten Son of God. Justice. The fear of the Lord. These are the characteristics that are required. It's spoken by God. God tells David, the rock of Israel, this is the rock that you build it upon. This is the Peter you build it upon. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. 
That is the foundation. To fear God and desire justice. He who rules over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. And such a one, when you have individuals in leadership positions that rule in that way, it's so against human nature. It's so against the way organizations normally go, the way power struggles normally go in human endeavors. The church many times becomes like the corporate boardroom. But when you have people that really desire to rule, to lead in justice, in the fear of God, the scripture goes on to say, and he shall be like the light of the morning when the sun rises. A morning without clouds, like the tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. And a very beautiful painting is given that when we exercise our authority, remember every Christian that's born again, that's baptized in the Holy Spirit, has some position of authority. Some positions are more public, some positions are more private, but everyone receives gifts, but everyone has some ministry, some working to do, and some degree of authority given with that. If a person has a position of intercessory prayer, they may be in their homes and they may be praying and it may not be seen, it may not be public, but they have authority over demons, they have authority to bind and loose in the name of Jesus. When a person exercises their authority, their leadership position, whatever it may be, and obviously it's even more important for those that stand up before the congregation, and they do it with the right heart, in justice, in the fear of God. The painting that's given in verse 4, that person is like the light of the morning when the sun rises. You know the feeling at night times, how, how the darkness of night can sometimes consume us, the fears of night can sometimes consume us, and then there's that joy, that first morning light when the sun comes up, and you know it's going to be okay, and there's that hope, that physical response you get to the sunlight that God programs inside of us. That's what that person is like. It's like the light of the morning when the sun rises, the morning without clouds, like the tender grass springing out of the earth, a springtime picture, a resurrection picture, by clear shining after the rain, after the rain has fallen. That's what God desires in his people when they lead. And how much more is that a picture of the one who really deserves to rule, the one who really deserves to lead. Because we know that a lot of these psalms have to deal with Messiah, son of David, the king that will rule in David's place. Then the one that's on that throne, that eternal throne promised to David's descendants, how much more that anointed one, that one raised up on high, should this description give a picture of. He goes on to say very honestly in verse 5, David's, David continues with a confession after telling us the word of God, he who rules over men must be just, ruling in the fear of God. David goes on to say, although my house is not so with God, yet he has made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and secure. For this is all my salvation and all my desire. Will he not make an increase? Very honest confession. 
although my house is not so with God. We haven't ruled over men justly all the time. And even David, who sings and believes and fears God, he has not 100% of the time ruled in the fear of God. We've seen it. For a whole year, he's happy there till Nathan comes in and convicts him with his parable. And he says, my house. It's almost as though David knows not just him, but his children, Solomon and Rehoboam and all those descendants down through Zerubbabel, all the way down his house. We're not the way we should be. God has proclaimed how we should be, and we're not that way, yet he's made a covenant, a contract, an everlasting contract. And we study that contract. We'll just read a couple of words of it again uh, back in chapter 7 and verse 11. Because David desired a house for God, he said in the second part, uh, verse 11, also the Lord tells you that he will make you a house. When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up your seed, your offspring after you, who will come from your body and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom, the seed forever. If you enjoy these Bible teachings by Pastor Greg, we would like to invite you to worship the Lord with us at our Sunday service. Shi'ar Jeshub Christian Tabernacle meets in the upper room of the Memorial Hall on Meeting House Lane in Madison, Connecticut at 10 a.m. every Sunday morning. And may our Lord Jesus bless you as you serve Him.